It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Friday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all getting ready for a fun weekend ahead. The weather here along the Wasatch Front looking really good right now. Supposed to have some more weather coming in, but we'll see how the weekend plays out. Got a lot to cover on today's show. Need to talk about a big win, a comeback win for BYU basketball over San Diego last night. We'll do that here in this first segment. What the significance of that win might mean for BYU. BYU come the end of the year. We'll break that all down for you. Second segment of the show, BYU baseball getting things going this weekend tonight, in fact, their season beginning. Uh, almost the dawn of a new um, era, I guess, in the Mike Littlewood tenure of coaching here at BYU. We'll let him explain that in the second segment, talk a little bit more about BYU baseball, uh, get all that covered for you, get you a preview of that season coming up. It's going to be a fun one. I'm expecting um, some some good things from BYU baseball. I think they got some pieces that they can rely on this year. And then in the final segment of the show, we'll recap what happened last night, what's going on today, and also over the weekend for B- the other BYU sports teams we haven't touched on quite yet. So there you go. Layout of today's show. Let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for February 15th, 2019. Alright guys, I'm Jay Catcher, BYU Insider here on the Locked on Cougars podcast, your host each and every day right here on the show. Hope you guys all had a great Valentine's Day, treated your significant other uh, to everything they wanted, etc. Hopefully it was all good. And hopefully, those of you, I, I live in the Saratoga Springs area in northern Utah County, and I got to work at my radio job this morning, I got a text from my wife saying, did you feel that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Did you feel that? Well, two earthquakes struck in northern Utah County, southern uh, Salt Lake County, just south of Bluffdale, apparently, and uh, two earthquakes shook uh, houses, etc., and I think a lot of you that lived in that area can relate, but my wife was pretty nervous being a northern California, not northern California, southern California native who grew up with earthquakes. She was a little on edge because that 3.8, the second earthquake that struck, had a little bit of a jolt to it. I didn't get to feel it, unfortunately, but Hopefully all of you who felt it didn't unnerve you too much, but that was an interesting way to start off a Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, not the day after Thanksgiving, what in the world, where did that come from? The day after Valentine's Day, holy smokes, I am six months off, apologies. Also, don't you love when you record a podcast thinking, uh, BYU, if they're going to make a hire, they'll probably announce it on Friday because most organizations like to make news dumps on Friday. Well, you record a podcast talking about a report of BYU hiring an assistant football coach, you put it out there. And minutes after it's published, the word officially comes out from the school that the hire has been made. So those of you who heard the podcast yesterday, my speculation on Eric Mateos, my thoughts on him. Well, it's officially official now. It came out shortly after I published yesterday's podcast that he is the new offensive line coach at BYU. 
So I think it's a it's a good move. Uh, we'll talk about this more next week. I'm going to do a little more research on this, but we do need to dig in here. Uh, is BYU need to be a place where up-and-coming coaches come, use it as a stepping stone to bigger and better things in their minds, and bigger and better can always be debated if, uh, let's say, Ryan Pugh moving on to Troy. Uh, some people would see that as a lateral move, but he was making a move up in terms of uh, significance in his coaching career, going from being an offensive line coach to offensive coordinator. We'll talk about that probably on Monday's podcast. We'll do some research over the weekend. We'll talk about if BYU should be uh, a destination program for coaches, say like uh, some of the Blue Bloods like in Alabama, USC, etc. Or should it be much in the vein as what it appears to be, a stepping stone for guys going on to their next stop, but also doing good work while at BYU to get their next job. We'll discuss that more on Monday. We might do a bigger show on that. Uh, we'll, we'll weigh in. and I'll, Like I said, I'm going to do some more research over the weekend. But uh, I mentioned in the open, we want to talk BYU basketball here. Big win for Dave Rose's team last night. They pick up an 88-82 to victory over San Diego in overtime. They overcame a double-digit deficit multiple times in this game game to force overtime. They took the lead late in the second half, um, tried to hold on to win the game in regulation, were unable to do so with the San Diego bucket right before the final buzzer. Go to overtime, and TJ Hawes took over in the overtime period. Eight of his career-high 35 points in this game helped lead BYU to this win. It keeps them one and a half games uh, ahead in the for the second seed in the West Coast Conference Tournament. So this was a significant win for multiple reasons. None more so than it was a road win for BYU. Those have been come hard to come by for the Cougars this season. They've gone on the road multiple times and have gotten absolutely blitzed. I felt like at times in last night's game, let's say this team earlier in the year, if this was a game that BYU faced earlier, earlier in the year, the Cougars may have wilted, given up, and lost the game. But credit to the Cougars, credit to Yoli Childs and the rest of the guys for battling back to pick up the win. Uh, like I said, it gives them, it bolsters their position, the West Coast Conference standings. Uh, they're one and a half games clear. They've got two big, well actually three big games remaining. They're facing Loyola Marymount tomorrow on the road and LMU gave Gonzaga a game last night. It was only a 13 point margin of victory for Gonzaga, which is probably the closest if I'm not mistaken, they have come to losing in conference play to this point in the season. So I think it'll be a little stiffer challenge than some people expect at LMU tomorrow. But then you have three games to end the season that all have significant ramifications. You have a game at home against San Francisco who is trying to chase you down for that second spot. You win that game, you split the season series, so it gives you that a tiebreaker scenario if you both were to end up tied for second. You have a, a game against Gonzaga. I don't expect BYU to win that game at Gonzaga, so they'll drop a game there. And the hope is maybe if San Francisco Francisco, who does have still have to face San Diego at San Diego, picks up another loss. It helps BYU out. But then it comes down, I think, finally to the regular season finale at home, March 2nd. BYU gets their rematch against USD. And that game could really be for some significant marbles. It's not for all the marbles, but significant marbles with regards to the conference tournament. It's going to be important for the Cougars uh, to take care of business. you got to win the game at Loyola Marymount. That's the first game up here. That home date against San Francisco looms very large. So BYU can't find themselves looking ahead, trying to think what if. you got to take care of business here. There's four games remaining in the season. Three of them with significant ramifications. The fourth one, tomorrow's game at LMU, still has 
a big role to play into how this race is going to play out. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. BYU needs that double bye into the conference tournament semifinals, the West Coast Conference Tournament semifinals there in Las Vegas, to have any hope of getting an NIT bid. And plain and simple, I... I don't see them, let's put it this way, if they were to end up third or fourth, have to play in the quarterfinal games, they're going to, their legs, I don't think they'll have enough legs to really make the run that they're expecting. I could be wrong. I easily could be wrong, and I'd be happy to be wrong. I want to see BYU in the postseason. I don't think they're making the NCAA tournament. Well, I know for a fact, unless they win over Gonzaga in the conference tournament, they're not making the NCAA tournament. But to get to the NIT with all the struggles this year held, uh, in a way, it would feel like a win, even if it does mean another year without the NCAA tournament. BYU has struggled mightily this year, but I really feel like garnering that second seed is of critical importance for BYU and I think the players understand that they understand that they need to go out and take care of business tomorrow 2 o'clock mountain time against Loyola Marymount game will be televised on AT&T Sportsnet here locally you also can stream it online on the W.TV if you want full broadcast details go to BYUcougars.com they've got all the different channel links that you can use to watch I think it's on Root Sports Northwest etc so, big time game tomorrow, but bigger games loom on the horizon for BYU with the final stretch run of the season coming here over the next couple of weeks. So, congrats on the win. Big time win. TJ Haas, career high 35 points. That was a massive effort. Yoli Childs carried BYU for the first half alone, it felt like. I tweeted as much at halftime. I said other guys are going to need to step up, and luckily TJ Haas did. Childs had a double-double with 27 points and 12 rebounds, so a great showing there. And BYU now 17-10 and on the season, 9-3 and in the West Coast Conference, second place in the conference, and still holding that one-and-a-half game cushion in the standing. So, once again, Congratulations to Dave Rose's team, and best of luck tomorrow at LMU. I've told you guys that Loyal and Marymount, uh, they kind of were a paper tiger, feasted on some lesser opponents early on in the year, but they're much better at home than they are on the road, and of course BYU's on the road there in Los Angeles tomorrow, so hopefully they can come out with a win, and we'll be tracking it for you when we recap it on Monday. Alright, that's some of my thoughts on BYU basketball, as well as some football and earthquake thoughts. Hopefully you guys are all having a great Friday. We're going to talk some BYU baseball next. Mike Littlewood's team kicking off their season in Arizona tonight with a three-game set against Northwestern. Preview that season a little bit for you ahead. Also, let you hear some comments from Mike Littlewood. We played one of his comments earlier this week about Jaron Hall. I wanted to play one for you about how he went about changing the culture of the BYU baseball program this offseason in hopes of returning to the NCAA regional like they made two years ago. Had a down year last year. So we'll talk about all that next right here on Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
You are locked on Cougars. A reminder for you guys, if you are out and about driving around, you can listen to this podcast just as easy as if you were sitting in your own home. All you have to do is get your personal assistant, Siri, or whatever you got, an Apple, a Google phone, whatever you got. Tell the personal assistant, your AI personal assistant on there, to play podcast Locked on Cougars, and you will have that podcast, this podcast, playing for you. Get you the latest BYU news, get you in and out. We get it done within 30 minutes, get you all the news of the day, and on you go with whatever else you got going on. So I'm going to talk BYU baseball here for a minute. Uh, This is a sport that I think BYU fans like baseball, but I don't think they pay enough attention to BYU baseball. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, BYU baseball has a rich history. It's put multiple guys in the major leagues. You think back to guys like Jack Morris, who was a Cy Young Award winner, uh, made the Baseball Hall of Fame last year. Wally Joyner. There have just been some really, there's a really rich legacy for BYU baseball. Mike Littlewood has been the head coach at BYU. I believe he's entering his fourth season now. They kick things off tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Time when they face Northwestern in Mesa, Arizona at Sloan Park. Game will be broadcast on BYU. BYU uh, Baseball's Facebook page. I'll have a live stream there. You also can listen to the broadcast on BYU Radio if you're interested in that. There's a three-game set this weekend uh, against Northwestern, a game tonight, and then a doubleheader tomorrow afternoon down there in Mesa. And they'll finish up their stint in Arizona by traveling over to Tempe on Monday with an 11 a.m. Uh, day game at against Cal. So uh, some a Big Ten set against Northwestern, and then you got a Pac-12 team in the Cal Bears uh, for a full weekend of four games to kick things off for BYU baseball. And this is going to be an interesting year. Brock Hale is kind of the leading player. He's been named preseason All-WCC, was one of the best players in the conference a year ago. And I think that Mike Littlewood's comments earlier this week to the media really explain what happened a year ago. I'm going to play these comments for you. He's going to talk about what he did in the offseason to kind of regain and rebuild the culture of the BYU baseball program and also talk about the addition of a new pitching coach as well. It was very interesting to hear these comments because I think it explains why they were such a had such an up-and-down year a year ago. They made the regional in 2017. 2018 had some expectations they could re make it back to the NCAA regional but they didn't do it they fell to a 22 and 28 record and I think a lot of people wondered what in the world happened to these guys well I'll let the head coach Mike Littlewood explain from last year culture 100% that's what we wanted to to fix so we we let basically 25-30% of our roster go last year just because of culture Um, guys not whether it was guys not buying in or whatever not much of it was performance-based. It was just culturally. So we, we brought in a bunch of new guys, um, just guys who wanted to play and compete um, no matter what their role was. And it's that's what we have this year. Um, so that that one mission was accomplished. We haven't written a starting lineup yet either, um, which changes things every once in a while, where guys think they might have a certain role and then they don't. Last year was weird because all of our guys um, – struggled early because they were kind of maybe worried about different things, draft and all this stuff. And they never really recovered. I think Brock Hale was probably the only guy that had the year type of year that he was supposed to. Um, everybody else probably underachieved just a little bit. And I think they, if they were sitting here, they would tell you that as well. And not that they weren't trying, they were trying. It's just, and so then your secondary guys feel like, well, I should be playing. 
when we kind of know that they're secondary guys and they're filling guys. And so it just created kind of some fat, different factions. But the number, the, the difference between that year, last year, and the regional year was it wasn't really a talent thing. It was a difference in talent because we had a lot of guys back. It was everybody accepted their role, and they, they just did whatever they could to fulfill that role, and it made that team special. Nobody complained if they didn't think they were playing. Of course, the, the starting nine played pretty well every day which made it easier you know, for me to write lineups. But that was the biggest thing. It's just culturally. We made a pitching coach change, uh, brought in Michael Bradshaw. He, he was on University of Arizona staff. So he's Dave Lawn's right-hand man down there for three years, stood by him in the dugout. Um, we, we interviewed one guy for the job. He was the first guy, and I, I loved him, loved what he brought to the table. And our pitchers love him. He's very, very detail-oriented. They... Coach Bradshaw gets mad at me if he doesn't get his extra seven minutes of throwing every single day. He's like, hey, I need 45 minutes. I don't need, I, you know, I, I can't go with 43 minutes throwing. And so he, he just makes sure they all get their work in. They never miss pens. He's with them all the time. And it's just been, it's just been nice to, to have a full-time guy there. Uh, Jeremy Thomas did a great job, but wasn't able to spend the time. So that was a big change that we, that we made, and it's been positive so far. There you go, Mike Littlewood, and he said culture. He said they let 25 to 30% of the roster go. And we're talking some contributors from a year ago are no longer on this roster. And I have confirmed with with people that there are a number of BYU baseball players in the NCAA transfer portal. I know it kind of gets the headlines when it comes to football, but the transfer portal is for all sports at the Division I level. And I have confirmed that there are a number of BYU baseball players in that portal looking for a new team. And that's part of what happened. You heard Mike Littlewood say, hey, we had guys in 2017 who played roles. They bought into those roles, and as such, we progressed and made it to the NCAA Regional. He said the goal is to make it back there. They have a new pitching coach coming over from the University of Arizona that the the coaches uh, and the players believe in. I really feel like this is going to be an interesting year for Mike Littlewood. I'm not saying he's in danger of losing his job or anything because – Honestly, Mike Littlewood is a standout coach. I actually hope that he stays at BYU for quite a while. He's done incredible things uh, just rebuilding this program, period. And he went about trying to fix the culture this past offseason because he wants to make it back to the, to the NCAAs. He wants to make the regional. He wants to have a chance to go to Omaha. BYU hasn't been Omaha in decades now, but he has hopes that they can do it. Uh, They'll be led this year by all-WCC pitcher Jordan Wood. He's a senior this year out of Friendswood, Texas. He's been a stud for the Cougars, 6'4", 199 pounds. Uh, Had a 2.66 ERA a year ago, despite not a great record. I believe it was 6-4 on the year. He's going to be BYU's uh, starting pitcher, lead starting pitcher. And there's a big opportunity here for young guys to contribute on this uh, team as well in terms of the pitching staff. College pitching is always at a premium. The best arms are always picked up right out of high school by the MLB. The few that slip through and develop in college, uh, it's a premium to get them. You have to offer them a full-ride scholarship more or less. And a lot of guys don't want to play in cold-weather environments like BYU has. But... This is a team this year. Uh, I coach Littlewood saying they brought, I think, believe 20 new players to the roster this year, either guys coming off missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or guys coming in from high school. So this is a young team this year. There's going to be a lot of youth on this team, but there's a lot of guys who can still contribute. Guys like Abraham Valdez will probably play behind the – will be behind the – 
the mound, not behind the mound, behind the home plate playing catcher. He'll be joined by uh, two other guys, Noah Hill and Colton Easton, uh, there at catcher, as well as Kobe Kelton. You look at uh, guys like Brian Sue, who's been a great infielder for BYU during his time as a Cougar, expected to contribute at a high level this year. Hobbs Nyberg, another guy from Dixie High School, was a great football player, but even better baseball player coming up from Dixie. He's a freshman on this year's team. He'll be looking to make an imprint on this team. Bo Burrup, uh, he's a big body, 6'5", 222-pound left-handed pitcher from Highland High School. Um, He's actually a guy that played a key role in getting Tristan and Hodge, BYU's starting right guard on the football program, to come to BYU from Notre Dame. Bo was one of his best friends growing up. He is now a senior. Burrup will be a relief pitcher, one of those kind of gap guys. Potentially could end up as the closer for BYU alongside a kid in Riley Gates, another senior pitcher out of Snow Canyon High School, a fellow senior from Santa Clara, Utah. So, I think my biggest thing here, I already mentioned Brock Hale, BYU's leading hitter out of Mesa, Arizona. He's a senior this year. Surprisingly, didn't get picked up um, in the MLB draft a year ago, which stunned, I think, most people looking at it. Had an incredible year hitting. You heard Coach Littlewood in his comments say that, really, Brock Hale was the only guy that really played up to his potential and what he expected of himself a year ago. So here's hoping that he's able to lead BYU this year. We talked previously on the podcast earlier this week about what Jaron Hall might be be able to do. He's going to be an outfielder for the BYU baseball program, and there's hope that he can contribute. Uh, Coach Littlewood said during his media availability earlier this week that he believes that Hall could be a starter for BYU baseball if you're able to dedicate his time fully to baseball, but he's going to play football. He's a quarterback for the BYU football program, and as such, football has the first right of refusal on him, and they'll deal with it. And Littlewood said he'll use anything he'll use anything he can get out of Jaron Hall this year. So I'm excited for BYU baseball. We'll cover this for you throughout the spring. Uh, We'll keep you updated on how things go. Like I said, they got four games in the Valley of the Sun this weekend. So if you are in Arizona and want to go watch BYU, get out to Mesa tonight and tomorrow and then to Tempe on Monday for those games against Northwestern, three of them tonight and tomorrow, and then the lone game against Cal. A big opportunity for BYU to make an imprint this year. They're picked picked sixth in the West Coast Conference, but I think they're my, I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to be better than that. I hope I'm right about that. I feel like this is a team that can make that WCC tournament, the top four teams at the end of the year, advance to a conference tournament, and I feel like BYU can make that make that list. We'll see how it all plays out. Alright, some of my thoughts on BYU baseball. Hope you guys enjoy it this year. Weather's going to be getting better as things go along this spring, so get out to Larry H. Miller Field and enjoy it. Brand new field, by the way, artificial turf all over the place you can go check that out as well all right we'll come back on the other side get you ready for a weekend ahead of BYU sports tonight and tomorrow also recapping what you may have missed yesterday in BYU sports that's all coming up next right here on locked on cougars the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey. 
As we close out today's podcast, thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. It's a blast to bring it to you guys each and every day. Hope you guys find it of worth. Feel free to reach out with any questions, concerns, or comments you may have. You can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed is at Jacob C. Hatch. Love to hear from you guys. And if you're new to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out in terms of popularity on their charts, their algorithms. It just means a lot for you guys and your continued support of the podcast. All right, let's first recap what happened last night. We'll start off in Las Vegas. BYU softball had both of their games scheduled for yesterday at the Boyd Gaming Rebel Classic canceled or rescheduled. So they'll play four games instead of the original five they had scheduled. They had a game against Fordham that was re- um, it was well, I guess it's being made up on Saturday tomorrow there in Las Vegas. Their game against Hawaii has been canceled outright. So they have four games set. Um, they'll be playing UC Davis this afternoon at, at 5.30 Mountain Time. Follow that up with a game 7.30 Mountain Time against Georgetown. They'll follow that up tomorrow with uh, two day games. A mountain, noon at Mountain Time against UTEP and then follow that up with the makeup game against Fordham. So best of luck to the BYU softball program with those games. Uh, yesterday as well, BYU Volleyball getting back off the schneid after a four-game losing skid. Swept Concordia Irvine 3 nothing in men's volleyball. Congratulations to the men's volleyball team bouncing back. They have a big match tomorrow night at home against number 14 ranked USC. That'll be at the Smith Fieldhouse. It's a 7 o'clock mountain time and it'll be at on BYU TV. If you want to go out, you can get tickets at BYUCougars.com or BYUTickets.com or you can watch my good friend Jerem Jordan and Steve Hale on the call on BYU TV. Also, women's basketball, a narrow win, 70-69 last night. Brenna Chase had a career night. She hit a career best seven three-pointers to help BYU win that narrow game, 70-69 to over Portland. Congratulations to Jeff Judkins' team. Now 19-6 on the year, 11-3 in West Coast Conference play. Massive showdown tomorrow at 3 o'clock Mountain Time. They're traveling to Spokane to take on number 13, Gonzaga. The video stream of that game will be available on the W.TV. BYU women's basketball already beat Gonzaga earlier on in the year, so... Here's hoping they can sweep the season series and really get their season reignited with another big-time upset win. All right, other games going on today. Uh, going on as of recording right now, men's tennis already in action. They have a doubleheader. They started it off against number 75, New Mexico, at the indoor tennis courts. That began at 11 a.m. Mountain Time today. Should be wrapping up here in terms of when I'm recording this podcast, but they'll follow that up. They've got another uh, match tonight at 5.30 Mountain Time at the indoor tennis courts against UC Irvine. Fun part about men's tennis is they bring pizza to those games. If you want to go out and watch it, you also can get a live stream link by going to BYUCougars.com. I mentioned baseball in the previous segment. They face off against Northwestern tonight at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Stream of that on the BYU BYU Baseball Facebook live feed as well as BYU Radio to listen to that game. Uh, Women's Gymnastics at home tonight in the Cougar Classic when they take on Boise State in a dual meet. That's at the Smith Fieldhouse at 
7 o'clock Mountain Time. That will be broadcast live on BYU TV. The men's and women's track and field teams are in Notre Dame, Indiana at the Loftus Sports Center for the Alex Wilson Invitational. Both uh, teams ranked in the top 20 nationally. Best of luck to them this weekend as they look to continue their stellar seasons as well. And then finally, uh, BYU men's basketball is in action tomorrow, 2 o'clock Mountain Time. We mentioned this previously on the podcast, but 2 o'clock Mountain Time, they take on Loyola Marymount there at Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles, California. The game will be televised on AT&T Sportsnet, also Root Sports Northwestern. And if you want to stream it, the W.TV will also have it for you. So that's your opportunity to catch the men's basketball team in action. Got to win that game to keep their uh, keep the keep pace, I guess, in terms of their lead in the West Coast Conference standings. All right, there you have it. Thanks again for joining me. A reminder for you guys: use your smartphone to listen to this show when you're out and about, driving around with your smartphone. Tell it play podcast locked on Cougars, and there you'll have it—the latest and greatest in BYU news. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday, recapping everything that happens this weekend in. BYU sports. Like I said, we'll also be talking a little bit kind of about the debate. Should BYU be a stepping stone in terms of BYU football? Should it be a stepping stone program for guys to move on to bigger or better things? Or should it be a destination location? We'll talk about that. Feel free to weigh in over the weekend at Locked On Cougars, at Jacob C. Hatch. Let me know your thoughts. We'll talk about it on Monday and we'll catch you then. Have a great weekend. This has been Locked On Cougars for February 15th, 2019. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day